Welcome to the Message Podcast from Church of the Nazarene. We invite you to subscribe for updates and new episodes. You can find us on most major podcast outlets. Visit cotnaz.org for more info. Our worship services stream weekly on Sundays at 9 a.m. on YouTube. You can also find our live stream at cotnaz.org. Our in-person service times are 9 and 10.30 a.m. We have a campus near Harrisonburg at 1871 Boyers Road. We also have a campus in East Rockingham at 414 South East Side Highway in Elkton. In addition, our Spanish-speaking campus meets on Sundays at 11.45 a.m. at that same 1871 Boyers Road location. Check out our website, cotnas.org, for more info. Good morning, everyone. I am so glad, and we are so glad that you're here. And yes, we are kicking off a four-week series titled The Stories of Your Life uh, with key stories of people surrounding Christ's passion. We're calling the series The Stories of Your Life because we believe they are Passion Week stories that will impact you and myself today. The purpose of the series is to challenge us to learn from these stories and apply the knowledge to our lives, their mistakes, their strengths, and perspectives can teach us much in 2023 if we are teachable. Today, we're going to focus on a story that may be a little bit unusual. It's the story of a wee little man who climbed a tree and became world famous because he did it. Today is Palm Sunday. It is the Sunday before Easter, and it begins the Holy Week, the Passion of Christ. It is important that I share the context of this day so we can have a true understanding that Christ came to seek and save the lost including the worst of sinners. Palm Sunday is that very important day in history when Jesus made his journey to the cross. Jesus was on mission, fully knowing what was ahead of him. Please stand with me for the reading of God's word. Luke chapter 19 Verses 28 through 38. After Jesus had said this, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem as he approached Bethage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives. He sent two of his disciples saying to them, go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Say, the Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead went and found it just as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? 
They replied, the Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt, and put Jesus on it. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. When he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles that they had seen. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. You may be seated. Palm Sunday is the day that Jesus entered Jerusalem on a donkey. For Christians, it is a reminder of the welcoming of Jesus into our hearts and our willingness to follow him. The crowds who were in Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover met him with palm branches, shouting, Hosanna, save us, save now is what that means. Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the king of Israel. John 12, 13. Palm branches were considered symbols of victory and triumph at the time. Days later, the same people of Jerusalem would turn on Jesus and demand the Romans, crucify him, crucify him. We're busy people with stuff going on almost every single day of the week. Many of you are on the heels of spring break. Some are returning from men's retreat. You have thoughts about Easter. Who's coming for dinner? What am I going to cook? Oh my goodness, I got to get the eggs hid before the kids get here. Ah, oh, and all of your upcoming thoughts about Easter, the real meaning of it may even unintentionally get missed. As we begin this Holy Week, my hope is for us to be constantly reminded of its significance and value for our lives today. From day one, Jesus was on mission. Jesus, the Son of Man, came to seek and to save the lost. Jesus is still on mission. Jesus came to seek and to save you and me. Let us pray. Dear Jesus, you are here in this place, Emmanuel, Holy Spirit. And we thank you that you chose the cross. You chose Calvary. For me, yes, but God, for every person in the world that you desire for none to perish. We thank you for this day. We ask, Lord, that you would speak to our hearts. We ask that our ears will be open. We ask, God, that you would give us courage to ask you to live in our lives, yes. But, God, not just to be our Savior, but to be our Lord. We need you, Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit.
We love you. In your holy name we pray. Amen. It's important for us to stop and look more closely at Jesus and the buildup of the miracles of what was happening prior to his entry into Jerusalem. Jesus and his disciples traveled through Jericho, which is about a day's journey from Jerusalem, and two blind men cry out to Jesus, Lord, open our eyes, open our eyes so that we may see. Jesus is moved with compassion, and he touches their eyes. And they can see the blind beggars receive sight. The blind men begin to praise Jesus and also the whole crowd of people. There are tremendous crowds around Jesus as he passes through Jericho. Everyone wants to see the one who has healed the blind men. Now we begin with the story of the man I've already referenced, Zacchaeus. The story of Zacchaeus is not so much about who Zacchaeus was, but who Jesus is. Jesus is the God of the universe who came down from heaven in human form to connect with us. Luke 19, verses 1 through 10. Verse 1. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. Zacchaeus was a Jew. He was a traitor to his nation. He collected money for Rome and no one liked him. Now we do not talk politics from the pulpit. But I'll tell you, think of the politician that you despise the most. And that's how people felt about this man, Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a crook. Verse 3. He wanted to see who Jesus was. But because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. Now, it's likely that the people were jeering at Zacchaeus as he was climbing that tree. They surely didn't want this type of man to get in their way, a sinner interrupting their chance to see Jesus. Zacchaeus was short in stature, but he didn't let his limitations stop him. Zacchaeus was far from Jesus, but he didn't want to be. He was curious. He had heard many things about Jesus, that he was the Christ, that he was the Messiah, and the Son of the living God. For all that was wrong with Zacchaeus, there was something very right about him. He wanted to see Jesus. Sometimes we need to do our own thing to break the status quo to meet God. The crowds were pressing in. Zacchaeus 
went vertical. He climbed a sycamore tree because he was unable to see over the people. In 2023, breaking the status quo may look like, one, saying no to something that your friends are doing that are not nice. Two, getting up early to pray when the norm is to sleep in. Three, tied to your church when the norm would be to spend it on yourself. Will you step up or be content with the crowd? Zacchaeus did what it took to see the Savior. My question for you today is, what excuses do you make for not seeing Jesus? I believe we all feel a tug on our heart to come to God more, but it's too often that we suppress by excuses. One, the Bible is overwhelming. I don't understand it when I read it. Two, my life is just too busy. I can't possibly sit down and make time to read the Bible. Three, I'd rather be doing something I enjoy. I can't concentrate on the Bible. I have a thousand things that I'm thinking about, so I'm easily distracted. Maybe today will be a good day to shine light on your excuses. What excuses are hindering you from seeing Jesus? We would never we would never be hearing the story of Zacchaeus if he chose to wallow in his inability to see Jesus. If you want to know Jesus more, do something about it. I want to be in the tree and not in the crowd. Verse 5. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up. And he said to Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and he welcomed him gladly. It may not feel like it because we've heard this story so many times, but let me tell you what, this is scandalous. It was very unpopular to be associated to tax collectors. And you know what? Jesus didn't seem to mind that he was getting a reputation for hanging out with sinners. Jesus shocks the crowd by willingly calling Zacchaeus out to be a guest at his home at the expense of offending the crowd. Likewise, Jesus expects us to welcome the unwanted and unacceptable. Will you accept the unlovable in your life like Jesus? Verse 7. All the people saw this and began to mutter. He's gone to be a guest of a sinner. 
when the people see what's happening, that Jesus is going to be a guest of a man who they view as a sinner, they become furious. They don't marvel at such grace. They just mutter. What's your response when someone deserving of punishment receives mercy instead? Zacchaeus had become rich by dishonestly extorting their money when collecting taxes. Certainly, he didn't deserve mercy. Are you complaining about things? The Bible says that the crowd despised Jesus' acceptance of Zacchaeus. They were so tied up in their own emotion of disgust that they missed the miracle of Jesus transforming the heart of a sinner. Verse 8. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now, I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. After Jesus reached out to Zacchaeus, he got down quickly from the tree. He had a response full of joy and great excitement. Zacchaeus changed his ways and went above and beyond to make things right. That's the definition of repentance. With Jesus, Zacchaeus overcame his past. He became a new person. Verse 9, Jesus said to him, Today, salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. And now, Jesus gives us the moral of the Zacchaeus story. Verse 10, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Jesus does what is impossible with man, but possible with God. Zacchaeus was a changed man. Forgiveness and grace made him immediately generous. Jesus seeks and he saves lost people because they are valuable to him. Jesus has no requirements for us before he comes to visit. If he visited Zacchaeus, he will visit you and you and you, everybody. We don't have to make things right with our dealings before letting him in. He already knows you by name, and he desires to be in relationship with you. Now, John Kelly, he is living proof that the transformative work of Jesus Christ in the life of an individual can result in a transformed heart and a remarkable life change. When I grew up in the Fairmount section of Philadelphia, I lived literally one block from Eastern State Penitentiary. 
One of the things when I first started selling drugs when I was 12 was I had I had I had crack cocaine placed in one hand to sell, and I had a 38 revolver handgun placed in the other hand. Think of that as a 12-year-old, but that's the environment you're in. The first time I ever got convicted of a crime, I was 13 and got two years probation. That was like my introduction to the criminal justice system was at 13, and it never changed from there. At the time, I, I would say I was ready to die, but I think even looking back, I thought I was ready to die, but I wasn't ready to die. I knew when I was a kid, I, I thought through as a teenager that, man, I might get killed, I might go to jail, but I never really processed sitting in prison when the district attorney is trying to give you life or the death penalty. And it was my first week when I was in prison, in solitary confinement, that a, a prison guard gave me a Bible to read. And that's how I came to faith in Christ. And it was, it was my faith in Christ that began to carry me through the rest of that experience. And I really believe that, like, you know, I'm reading and I'm like, you know, I'm a Christian now. And part of being a Christian is taking responsibility. And that's called repentance. It's taking ownership and going in the opposite direction. I'm asking God, man, get me out of this situation. But then I'm like, but you're guilty of this situation. I can't be praying to God, asking him to get me out of a situation that I'm pleading not guilty of, that I'm guilty of. So I talked to my lawyer and was like, hey, I'm a Christian now. I know this sounds crazy, but you could talk to the district attorney. Or I, I want to plead guilty. And that's what I did. And so I ended up, um, I was able to go to see some of the family of the young man who lost his life. And uh, honestly, it doesn't matter that he was a drug dealer. He was a young man creating the image of God who did not deserve to lose his life. And I was able to, to, to look in the eyes of the family of a victim and to have the family give you a second chance. Because when it was their opportunity to talk, they could have easily said, you know, that's great that you're a Christian now, but Your Honor, we want justice. You know, he's not coming back. They, 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 they gave me grace. And the judge did too. My salvation experience of, of God giving me a second chance and saving my soul that wasn't worthy and then going in front of the family of victims who gave me a second chance and forgave me and then going in front of the judge who was willing to give me um, six to 20 years instead of a life sentence, um, it really does something in you. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't be the man I am today or anything that's going on. My, my, my kids wouldn't be born, you know, if, if I didn't get a second chance. My name is John Kelly, and I used to be known as a murderer, a drug dealer, a drug addict, uh, Mr. No Hope for Him, Mr. Don't Allow Him Near My Home, Mr. Let's Throw Him Away. There's nothing good that can come from that. And now I'm a pastor. I'm a college graduate. I am about to receive my master's. I'm a husband. I'm a father. I'm a mentor. And I'm an advocate for second chances. Two points from today's message. Point one, Jesus loves all people, including sinners, and outcast. Ephesians 5 1 says, Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. Likewise, we are to imitate God. 
He expects us to welcome the unwanted and the unacceptable. A mother who is lost in romance novels and is full of lust. Drug addicts, alcoholics, the businessman who is full of pride and greed and who is far from Jesus. You fill in the name. The person, the people who are unwanted in your life. Some people might seem like they are beyond hope, but then Jesus seeks them and the gospel changes them. Lost people are valuable to God. Therefore, they must be valuable to you and you and you and you and you and to me. We should remember this is what happened to us before we were believers. I mean, we were lost. Jesus sought us. He found us. He changed our lives, and boy, we cleaned up good. Woo! Yay for Jesus, you know? Romans 5, 6 says, When we were utterly hopeless, Jesus came at just the right time, and he died for our sins. Point two, Luke 19, 10. The Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. The Son of Man came to seek and to save you. When you are far from Jesus, he closes the distance. Jesus was willing to go to the cross to redeem you back from sin and death. Likewise, we are to imitate God. Matthew 28, 19 through 20 is for the church, for you and me. We must individually reach out to those who are lost and help them find their way home. As believers, we must be willing to welcome the outcast, the lost, and all people because relationships matter. Ask Jesus to give you opportunities to share the good news in conversations, even if it terrifies you. Be willing to talk about Jesus, even if we think people won't listen and may ridicule us. Today, you have an opportunity to respond. We're going to celebrate Palm Sunday by celebrating communion together. Some call it a holy sacrament. This church calls it a holy sacrament, and it's the Lord's Supper. You do not have to be a member of the Church of the Nazarene to take communion. What we ask is that you have a personal relationship with Jesus. Maybe you're thinking, I'm like Zacchaeus. I've done awful things in my lifetime. But today, I'm more than curious. Today, I want to come to Jesus. I want to experience the joy of the Lord living inside of my heart. If that is you, 
then this day and this Holy Communion is exactly for you. Today, you can ask Jesus to forgive you for the things you have done wrong against him and against others and ask him to come live in your heart. If that is you, heaven is rejoicing. Reading from Luke 22, 14 through 20. When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table. And he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. The Lord himself ordained this holy sacrament. He commanded his disciples to partake of the bread and wine, emblems of his broken body and shed blood. This is his table. The feast is for his disciples. Let all those who have with true repentance turn from their sins and have believed in Christ and to salvation, draw near and take these emblems. And by faith, partake of the life of Jesus Christ to your soul's comfort and joy. Let us remember that it is the memorial of death and the passion of our Lord and also a token of his coming again because he will come again indeed. Let us not forget that we are one at one table with the Lord. You're invited to come forward and partake in the holy sacraments of the Lord's Supper. Please hold your elements and we will partake in them together. Once you get the elements, then we shall pray together. Please come forward. There's tables up front. There's tables in the back. Please come. Let us pray. Dear God, our Heavenly Father, you are here with us in this place this day. We thank you for your tender mercy, for sending your son Jesus to suffer on the cross for my sins, for our sins. We thank you for the forgiveness, Father, that you've given us when we said, Jesus, come live in our heart and to forgive us of our sins. We thank you for that forgiveness. Oh, Jesus, these elements, according to the holy instruction of your son, Jesus, yes, our Savior, you are. In remembrance of your passion and your death, we ask that we may be partakers of the benefits of your atoning sacrifice. We are reminded that in the same night that you, Jesus, was betrayed, that you took bread, 
and that you gave thanks, that you broke it and you gave it to your disciples saying, this is my body given for you. Do it in remembrance of me. Likewise, after the supper, you took the cup and when you'd given thanks, you gave it to them saying, this cup is a new covenant in my blood which is poured out for you. Do this, and whenever you drink it, remember me. Oh, Lord Jesus, we come before you in true humility and faith. We partake in this holy sacrament through Jesus Christ's name, our Lord. Amen. Church family, this is the bread. The bread representing the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which was broken for you. May it preserve you blameless until everlasting life. Take it and eat this in remembrance that Christ died for you. This is the cup representing the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, which was shed for you. May it preserve you blameless until everlasting life. Drink this in remembrance that Christ's blood was shed for you and be thankful. May it be. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for listening today. You can email us at info at cotnaz.org for any questions about our church. When you're done listening today, please subscribe to this channel for updates and new episodes.